Dear friends, Manoelia here. This is the study of stuff. Thank you all for tuning in. I've received quite a few messages recently asking me where the hell I've been. I'm going to tell you right now. It's been a while since I put an episode out, and good reason for that. Well, first reason is I'm uh, rethinking a lot of the things I used to believe. Not to say that I like disagree with everything I used to believe, but there's quite a few things that have come to uh, to light that I wanted to rethink. And we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff down the road. We're going to get into a little bit of that. But for today's episode, it's more relevant to talk about the other reason why it's been a while since I put a podcast episode out. And that is because I've been busy putting together community, trying to build community, trying to participate in community building. And wow, what a great journey it's been. I've been getting out there trying to meet a lot of great expats and I've made some amazing friends and I know some of them are listening to to me right now. Thank you guys for being in my life. I've also been out there meeting a lot of local Mexicans and really integrating to the society here. And that's a big, big part of community building. And that leads me into this episode really nicely and smoothly. One of the individuals that's part of this community that I'm helping build here in Mexico, their daughter... Julia Ramirez had to uh, do a high school project uh, about community building uh, alternative lifestyles from the perspective of of an international individual. And I guess I fit the bill. So she asked uh, if she could ask me some questions and interview me. I said, yeah. And I recorded it just in case she needed some notes to take. You know, take some notes. But after I started listening to the episode and going, wow, this is a pretty good episode. Why? Well, because Julia asked some fantastic questions fantastic questions she's well spoken and she's great at leading a conversation amazing at it and we had a great conversation uh we discussed a lot of the stuff that uh that i've been participating in this last year um a lot of the pitfalls about 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 building community the different types of communities and so on and so forth now um the other reason i wanted to put this out is because that's going to be an ongoing theme in the next little while, uh, community building and how to go about doing it and how to create parallel societies. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of interviewing Derek Bros, uh, who many of you know, and I look forward to putting that episode out for you guys very, very soon, where we discuss a lot of the issues uh, pertaining to community building here in Mexico and just generally speaking, and how we can kind of push past the chaos of the last couple of years and have some solution-based ideas presented. Anyways... Without further ado, here's Julia letting you know a little bit about herself and why she did this, and then the episode. Man, you got some great stuff coming down the pipeline here, so check this one out, man. I'll see you guys soon. Love you all. Where's the big bird and jing jang? Yeah, a a little bit of nonsense there at the end, you know what I'm saying? Hey, my name is Julia Ramirez. I'm 19 years old, and I'm studying high school here in Mexico. This is my first time interviewing someone, so I'm really excited. I am working on a school project of a subject that's called Multicultural Agents and Perspectives. And we had to choose a topic to work with the whole semester for our biggest project that's called Key Activity. I chose the topic of community living and have been researching it for a while. It is something that really interests me and I've been involved in recently. The project focuses mainly on exploring culture and the way it affects us. We had to look for someone with a different cultural background than our own and interview them. That's how I came across Mano. The interview is about his perspective on different aspects of alternative lifestyles and, of course, culture. 
the recent changes of the world and a bunch of other topics that are related. And yeah, I'm really glad to be here and thankful to have this opportunity. I want to tell you a little bit about what this project is about. Uh, it's a key activity that's like a main project of the whole semester of a subject that's called Multicultural Agents and Perspectives. It's like a really contemporary new subject. Uh, it, 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 like I was not really sure what the subject was about until we started going through the topics and everything. And this project uh, basically is about like researching a topic that interests us. So this is a topic that I chose and I chose like community living as a whole and also for a way of me getting more involved like in this uh, topic and because it's really interesting to me and also to my family. So that's why I chose this one. And yeah, we have to do some interviews and it had to be with an international uh, person. So I'm so glad you're here. And well, how do you, how about we start by telling me a little bit about yourself and like your stance on this topic in general? Uh, so for me, uh, my name is Mano. First of all, I'm a, a musician, a podcaster, uh, a family. Like I have a family, and I've recently moved to Mexico. Uh, but it hasn't even been a year yet. In November, it'll be a year. So um, building community and uh, trying to find ways of uh, communicating with others, both whether they're uh, uh, Spanish speaking or uh, international. Um, that's a good skill to have is how, like being able to communicate with people as well as community building. A uh, big part of community building is, is, uh, is communication. So a little bit about myself. Um, I think I covered the basics, but uh, the real thing is uh, about me is that I'm very interested in finding ways of how uh, human beings can uh, kind of live together in um, a way that's, um, Functional for everyone. So a, a way where people can kind of, because uh, not everybody has the same interests or wants in life, but they have something in common. And usually that's something like survival or living a happy life or living a harmonious, balanced life. There's always something that we can find, um, some sort of common thread. So I, uh, normally, um, I normally like to explore that with whatever I do, whether it's music or, or uh, podcasting. Or, uh, or why I'm here in Mexico. So I think I answered your question. I kind of went all over the place. But uh, no, basically, yeah. I'm, I'm Mano. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So glad to meet you, Mano. And you said this about like communicating and mm -hmm. the diversity that exists. A lot about my project is focused on culture and cultural mm -hmm. expressions. So I wanted to ask you, like, what do you understand as culture in general? And in which way do you think culture relates to community living or affects the way people can uh, communicate or find this like something in common that brings them together? And is it culture like a benefit or maybe an obstacle for this? Uh, that's actually a great question. Good, good question off the bat. Um, It's extremely important. Uh, culture in general is what human beings use uh, as a way to kind of uh, live life, celebrate life, communicate with people and how they find ways of coexisting, how they understand art, how they interpret art. And there's many different uh, components to what culture, uh, culture is. Uh, and many people have a different way of defining culture. But for me, 
all of those things I just mentioned have a big part to do with culture. Now, um, I'm from Canada. I didn't mention that earlier. I should have. Originally, I'm from Canada, from Toronto, Ontario, a very big city. Uh, and the culture in Toronto uh, is extremely multicultural. Cultural. Uh, a lot of countries and cities claim that they're very multicultural. And I mean, they are to a degree. But in Toronto, it really is an extremely multicultural city. Um, you'll find every walk of life, and I literally mean that, uh, from every part of the globe, all living with each other. They're not even in separate areas of the city. A lot of cities I've been to, they may be multicultural, but they're segregated. You'll have like the Italians over here and so on and so forth. But in, in Toronto, like literally you walk down the street, you'll, you'll scream out a word in any language and someone will respond. It's crazy like that. So growing up in that environment, culture was a big part of, uh, not something I thought about because it just was the way I lived. But it, uh, later as I got older and I got a little bit more philosophical, I started to understand the importance of that. So to answer your question, uh, can it be a benefit? Can it be a hindrance? I think it could be both. Uh, and like many things, um, it, with, you know, with a human experience, they can be both. So how it can be a benefit is, um, for example, one of the communities I'm, I'm working with here, I'm working with a lot of international individuals, uh, a lot of local Mexicans, and uh, a lot of uh, expats from Canada, the US, the UK, and so on and so forth. And two of the uh, original uh, founders of the community uh, put it really, they put it really well. They said that they want to encourage all people to come from all different part, walks of life and different cultures because they may all bring with them a piece of the puzzle to some problem that may arise that uh, another person from another community or culture may not have encountered or uh, even thought of. So, for example, when we were on, on, this, uh, on this beautiful uh, property that we were building this community, I started to see some building techniques that were different to me. They were culturally different because the way they build houses in Canada is very different. And the way that they think of hot and cold is different. Of course, Canada is an extremely cold country. Mexico is not. Um, but the common denominator was circulation within the house. So I started suggesting some uh, techniques used in, in Canada uh, on how uh, they uh, deal with the problem of air circulation in the house and said, hey, maybe we can incorporate this to this uh, Mexican idea. So someone may say, this is not a cultural thing, but absolutely it is, because the way we live and the, the buildings we live in should be art. They should. They're not always, but they should be. But they're all functional, and they're a part of something that we bring with us from different parts of the world. So um, going back to the community thing, I, uh, by offering that, uh, that piece of advice, it actually helped individuals here kind of think of housing a little bit different and vice versa, of course, right? So it'd be the same thing with like food or medicine or this and that. Different parts of the world have different herbs that they grow and they may not be so common in Canada, let's say, but it's a very medicinal herb. And someone from India may say, oh, turmeric. I mean, of course, everyone in Canada knows what turmeric is. But, um, you know, originally, let's say that you're the first Canadian person and you're offered this, this strange root and then you don't really consider the medicinal properties and this other person from this other culture, this other place brings it to you. Now they've introduced you to a, a totally different uh, herb, uh, uh, healing uh, medicine that you never would have considered. Where it's negative is with that, we sometimes bring our ego. We bring our, uh, you know, we think we're better than, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that is a hard thing to kind of notice sometimes. Sometimes it's subtle, right? Like you don't come in and say like, start telling everyone what to do. But you, inside your head, you might have some back talk where you're like, yeah, that's a pretty stupid idea. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So with culture, sometimes comes uh, baggage. Um, if not 
checked. That can affect both the person um, that you're giving advice to or yourself it may keep you from receiving good advice. So back to the turmeric example, uh, let's say you're the very first Canadian that's uh, you know, shown turmeric and you're like, oh, I don't want that. That's weird and, and, and it, it, this and that. And all of a sudden, the ailment is still there. So one of the great things about turmeric, it helps with inflammation. So let's say you had an inflammation problem. This individual from India is trying to help you. And all of a sudden, you're like, ew, it's gross or it looks like this. I don't want it. Well, your uh, ego and the baggage that you brought into this conversation culturally has kept you from uh, something that could help you and your family. I hope I answered your question. I didn't babble too much. No, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I get totally get the point you're saying and the point you're making and how it can be like a negative or a positive positive aspect. And about this, what would you say could be or maybe it's one part of the solution of bringing this, like making this path of communication for creating a multiculturalist Multiculturalist society. Multicultural, yeah, yeah, yeah. Multicultural, sorry, uh, community or society without making this like divisions that may create for cultural shocks or something. Like, how can you in a community um, make this path like easier or more accessible for the people that live there that are in from different backgrounds? Again, good question. Um, actually, this question is extremely important, and I'm actually um, working on a, uh, an interview. I'm getting ready for an interview that I'm going to be having in a, in a month or so, and actually, this is going to be a focal point in my discussion with uh, Derek Bros. He's a he's a pretty. I would consider him an expert on on how to build parallel societies and communities in in Mexico. So, this issue is a very big one. Uh, I think. The best way I can answer that, uh, from my experience from participating in a few in Canada and now here in Mexico, uh, is maybe having those conversations that might be difficult about what your belief systems are, what your values are, uh, what you want to see in the future. Maybe have those conversations before you decide to join a community or uh, ask someone to come into your community. Because at that point, it gets a little complicated. Um, I would look at it. Like I do uh, a band member, like now I'm trying to put a band together. So I'm kind of, this is actually on the on the back of my mind, but in terms of a band, or if you're getting into a relationship with someone and you're, you're you know, you're thinking about marrying someone or, or whatever, you should have those difficult conversations before you make the decision to, to, to do those things. You know, they might save you time and money uh, and complications. Um, so to answer your question, I would kind of ask myself first, what is it that I'm looking for in community? What do I want in this community? Why do I want to be a part of this community? Because that's the thing. There's different kinds of communities out there, right? And um, if the community has already set out their mission and it opposes your ideals and your views, you approaching this community and going in there and trying to change things is probably not a good idea. So to avoid a lot of these um, uh, cultural issues that you were referring to, the first thing I would start with is uh, why does someone want to join this community? What are your beliefs? Uh, do they align with mine and the other people of this community? They don't have to 100%, but there has to be some core values that we both share, that we all share, correct? And um, it's kind of like, I look at it as choosing your neighbor. When you're, when you're building a community, you have the opportunity to choose a neighbor. When the community is built, uh, at that point, they have certain uh, ideals, like, we just, like I just mentioned. Um, and if they don't fit yours... And they're not ones that they want to change. Maybe go to a different community. 
So to avoid that ego baggage, to avoid the negative of cultural culture uh, culture shock, I like that uh, the term you used. Um, I would kind of ask those questions beforehand, have my own answers beforehand, and then when I ask the other person, I'd have to assess: Do they fit with mine? Um, and if they don't, maybe rethink uh, that individual for your community or yourself entering that community. That would kind of help. Now, if you're in the community already and you're having issues, uh, at that point, um, you know it's the same thing that I would that someone would suggest to anyone that's in a in a relationship: have good, strong communication skills, have transparency and honesty. It's really cheesy to say those things, but they're really they really are true. Like it does work it does happen because you know conflict's gonna happen yeah yeah absolutely thank you that that was like such a complete answer and yeah i get exactly what you're saying of this like i think it, it can sum up to communication and like bilateral communication from both sides yes and having like clear what you want that's maybe something of introspection of both parties like the community and yourself exactly. even so it is like a personal work at some extent and yeah like i absolutely I, that it's just a great conclusion thank you so much and well maybe moving forward a little bit i, I but it's still in the same in the same topic of culture uh would you say you could like find a piece of like cultural expressions or mediatic expressions in Canada or anyone that any any type of expression that you've um, encountered in your life uh, that might set an, an idea to the general public or just to like the people and influence them about alternative lifestyles and like how would you say it can impact the way people view this type of like alternative ways of hmm. of living i don't know if i i'm i'm being clear yeah i think i, I understand what you're saying you're asking um uh alternatives like uh, alternative societies or parallel parallel societies or alternative communities in general um um So do you want me to explain uh, um, how they... Sorry, can you repeat your question again? Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. It, it's a little bit not that no, clear. No, no, it's because like... I wasn't... I'm not sure if you want me to talk about like stuff that I've experienced in Canada in terms of how to implement alternative uh, lifestyles or do you mean in general, like how do I communicate that to somebody else? That's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of how do you how do you think general public view mm. this topic if they get to like to reach because a lot of people don't even know it exists True. so to what extent do you think um cultural expressions or media in general portray mm -hmm. an image of ah. this to society and like maybe share some examples of of like personal experiences you might have lived about like this representation maybe that exists sure oh perfect yeah no i fully get it now um well um 
in Canada, uh, I worked for a company that was extremely, um, they liked to really uh, emphasize this idea of alternative living and, and all that stuff. It's, it's Lush. Lush is the company. They're a cosmetic company. And they're very, um, they're very much about all this kind of stuff. So I have that experience. My daughter went to an alternative school in Canada for a little bit. So I have that experience to go off of. Uh, plus, I was always in, uh, in that type of a community from, for about 20 years on and off. And here as well. So I'll try to kind of all, tie it all together. So the media, well, there's two approaches to how the media t- uh, uh, goes about this. One, at first, back in the, the old days, because uh, I am that old, where I remember it was extremely strange. Uh, they, uh, they kind of downplayed it. They made it more about like uh, some sort of hippie commune, communes or, or, or cult-like uh, and gave it this like ne- negative twist, you know, uh, that would c- constantly come up. Uh, I remember uh, the company I was re- referring to earlier, uh, people were like, it sounds like a cult when you work there. Or like, uh, I would go to like retreats back in the day in Canada uh, before this stuff was popular again. And people would kind of say, are you like joining some sort of cult? What is this uh, type of behavior and all these weird things that you're doing? So that, there's that aspect. And I think that has changed over the years to some degree. Uh, it's become a little bit more um, open, like having the concept and idea of alternative. Um, now, to be fair, I did participate in a lot of things called alternative communities. Uh, I did back away from a lot of them because there was also some stuff that I didn't exactly, uh, didn't really fit with my views uh, of the world or my values. So there's different kinds of alternative communities. So I think that's an important, a very important aspect to point out. So where I'm going with this is uh, defining the different types of alternative communities matters because there are many that uh, don't agree with each other and they're all lumped into the same category as alternative. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can have like a a very, uh, very much uh, a hippie style commune, which kind of has very socialistic, communistic belief systems. And then you can have the other uh, side of it where you have anarcho-capitalists where they are still living completely alternative, very much so, but they're not exactly, they're not at all, uh, oops, they're not at all like, uh, like the hippie communes. Then there's middle grounds as well. There's like uh, agoristic style thinking. Uh, these terms are, uh, they all fit in like the world of libertarianism and all that. And uh, the way that they would go about a, uh, an alternative community is extremely different, Right. Uh, and then we can even say like older uh, indigenous uh, people throughout the world from from Australia to here where I am in Mexico, all of Mesoamerica, Canada, US, uh, throughout the world, everywhere. Uh, you have these individuals that were always living this way that we call alternative today. They, it was an alternative to them and they still exist. And especially here in Mexico, far more than, than there is in Canada and the U.S. For whatever reason, I don't want to get into those political reasons. But in Mexico, uh, and, and uh, may I say, I, I, adore, I adore Mexico. I really, truly do. And for, for many reasons. And um, this is one of them. Uh, the way that the, the indigenous communities are treated in, uh, in Mexico is truly free to some degree. I mean, they have their problems. I don't mean that. But I mean, uh, like if you go to Oaxaca and you see how a lot of the, the communities live there, uh, they're a lot more isolated. They, they run on their own. They're s- completely self-sufficient. Um, they're a little bit enclosed and they're a little bit uh, afraid of foreigners. And I totally understand why, including Mexican for- foreigners, not just someone like myself, but even someone like yourself. 
Um, so there are those kinds of communities, and they 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 shouldn't be lumped into the same like this alternative community basket has many compartments, and they all don't agree. Like if you took someone from Oaxaca that lives lives that way, and they've been living like that for hundreds of years, and you drop them in the middle of a hippie commune on by Playa de Carmen, it's not going to work. <laughs> They're like, what the hell are you doing here? Right? It's not going to work. So to give you an exact uh, a very specific. Uh, example of what I'm trying to illustrate here in Mexico, because I want to move closer to the, to, to, um, the conversation about Mexican communities. That's something that I'm very passionate about and I'm working hard at right now, is um, the example of uh, Vice. Vice, the, the magazine slash TV, TV show. Um, you know, I'm talking about Vice magazine and all that. They have like all those like YouTube clips. Uh, yeah, well, they absolutely. put out they put out a hit piece uh, earlier this year, I think it was around April or, or uh, around that time, April, May. Uh, and they were attacking a lot of uh, expats like myself moving here to Mexico uh, and going to these communes, right? And one of them, they were showing Anarchopolco, which is like a, a big conference, whatever. I'm not necessarily plugging or, or loving or hating the Anarchopolco. I do, I do appreciate them quite a bit. But they took a hit, on, uh, they took a like a swing at Anarchopolco, which was, I thought was completely unfair. And the way that they did it was that they showed this footage of really cheesy situations where there was like a bunch of like expats sitting in a circle holding a spoon and I, bend spoon, I love you, spoon, spoon, bend. And they're sitting there trying to bend the spoon with their minds. Mm-hmm. And they're showing this as uh, all alternative communities are like this. Do those exist? A hundred percent. And that's a that's a thing about community, uh, and alter- the alternative point of view of like how to live, where everything gets lumped in together. So then one thing you may agree with, but then ten other things you may not agree with. I'm a part of the alternative uh, lifestyle, I-, I guess you would say, but I'm not sitting around any circles with a spoon in my hand asking it to bend. You know, I'm digging a hole so I can <laughs> so I can pour concrete so I can build a, a house. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sitting around doing that kind of stuff. So I find the media um, loves to do that. If they see uh, somebody starting something that actually can be sustainable and can be a sovereign place where it, it's self-sufficient, um, they that they view that as as a as a threat. So they're not going to go show you a beautiful indigenous community in Oaxaca. They're not going to show you the community that I'm a part of, where it, it's a good mix of everybody. They're not going to show you that. They're not going to show you beautiful bamboo structures made like overnight, almost two, three stories that hold up a whole bunch of weight. They're not going to show you that. They're going to show you a bunch of people sitting in a hut. You know what I mean? Like half naked, usually like white people from California or something sitting around bending spoons in their hands. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry, you got me a little worked up on that because it's like, damn it, that's not what it's about. Yeah, and it's very frustrating because you want to, like, kind of label yourself to, of See. being part of that community, but you don't want to be exactly like you said, like, lumped in together with everyone else or with other uh, values that you don't represent or other practices that you don't do. And I think that happens with almost every social group or almost every like um, community or like fandom or movement, even like, for example, in feminism, that you call yourself a feminist. And then that means a bunch of things. And there's so many other branches and people speaking in name of feminism 
which represent absolutely different values than others. Yep. And that just like it's it's a common problem, and I think it it like it has its roots on media. So yes. yeah, I absolutely understand, and I agree with what you say. I really, uh, I really like uh, the way you put that. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And well, for for us not to take so much time, although it's really interesting, it's really interesting. Take your time. I got time. Um, I would like to ask also, like, what would be your general predictions for community living? Uh, in the future, not only in Mexico or in Canada, but in general in the world, because I think right now, or maybe it's just my perspective, but I think it's kind of like a turning point. Like right now, it's it's absolutely going like it's gonna go exponentially big, like grow. I think I believe, but I'm not I'm not sure what to expect, and I want to know like what are you expecting for the next five, ten, twenty years, even for this topic specifically? Okay. Um, again, you're really asking good questions. Um, uh, okay. Well, let me try to answer this question without getting uh, too um, political. Um, well, the world that we once knew before 2020 is long gone. And I, I think it's very important that we discuss that uh, not our like I'm not going to get too uh, too too crazy with the subject, but basically I don't. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. What's happened in the last three years? Uh, there's one thing that everybody can agree on is that the life that we lived before in uh, before 2020 and 2019 down is gone. In some degrees it's still here, but in a lot of, it's not. And one thing that we've all uh, experienced is that. Uh, we're not sure. We're not sure if we can trust the people we thought we could trust, whether it's government or whoever. Right? You, 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 you pick. None of that is as trustworthy as we thought, and none of it is as stable as we thought. Whether that's government, food, like where that where it comes from, water, where did that where does that come from, uh, medicine, where does that come from, your education system, where does that come from, your money, where does that come from, how's that going to change? So uh, to answer your question, I think you're 100% correct. It is going up exponentially like crazy, and it will continue to because of these things. A lot of people have started to realize that things aren't as they thought they were. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean any one side of this, like of the debate out there. I'm saying everybody. doesn't matter what your belief is. You can all agree on that. Everybody can agree on that. No matter how, where they, they sat the last three years on their opinions, they can't deny that the world has changed. So part of that is going to be um, very obvious very soon. Uh, there's going to be some food situations out there in the world, and there's going to be a, a couple of problems, a little less here in Mexico, but outside of Mexico, there's going to be a lot of them. And that's going to encourage people, and it probably already has the last three years, to rethink education, to rethink media, because I like that you keep talking about media, to rethink media, to rethink government, to rethink family, to rethink community, to rethink food, to rethink water, money. What does it mean? What is it? It's more, It's just an energy exchange. It's nothing more. Uh, money is a promissory piece of paper. It's nothing more. It has. It holds no value. So where do I see this going? Well, I think in the next two years, um, I think that some people have already started thinking this way. 
about how they can build parallel societies and how they can build their own communities and find their own solutions to these problems. And those people have already started working. A lot of people are not there yet. Most people uh, are either pretending it's not going to happen or are trying to educate themselves. So this kind of a conversation is extremely important because people are going to want to educate themselves and they're going to want to challenge me or you. And, and we need to take that challenge and debate it. And we need to have those conversations. So where do we go in the next couple of years when people become more um when, when they're faced with reality, they're going to realize that if they don't have an answer to these questions, they need an answer to these questions, the food, the money, all that stuff we talked about. And they're going to probably start looking for people that have started already to, looking for these or actually practicing them, right? Like I thought I'm behind a little bit, but I'm starting to look and I go, actually, I'm not. I'm kind of moving forward. And um, so it's going to be my job and a lot of our jobs to help those who are new to the idea of thinking of life differently to help them along the way. So where do I see it? I see some of us building community and succeeding. I see some of us failing. I see some of us teaching those that failed how to succeed. Uh, I, I see creating uh, parallel networks. I keep using the term parallel society, and it's a common term now in my world. Uh, a lot of people have coined this term or use this term. It's, it's, it, uh, what it really means is having two societies run next to each other. So let's call it the, the standard uh, generic run-of-the-mill society that we know of running one way and then a, a second society running next to it, not completely detached, but s- parallel with it, right? Mexicans are very comfortable with that. Actually, Mexicans live parallel societies. So, uh, so um, like, you know, you have the underground, you have the above ground, and then you have the middle gray ground. And every Mexican knows what this means, okay? So that that is going to be... Um, uh, something that you're going to see replicated throughout the world. Okay. So countries like Mexico who have a long, strong history of this, and they're going to be probably not just Mexico, but I'm, I'm using Mexico cause I'm here and I'm, I'm biased. I, I, I love Mexico. Uh, so Mexico and countries like Mexico are going to teach the world how to live and how to build parallel societies along with individuals like myself who are, I'm not Mexican, but I moved here uh, with the intention of becoming a part of this, not to be, next to it you understand so that's a key component and i think that individuals that start realizing that they need to do something about it now will go looking for answers on how to solve these problems so i think in the next two three years we're going to see some successes we're going to see some big failures of communities we're going to see growth in that department and then you're going to i think you're going to see people that are not considered any of this stuff start looking into it and start figuring out how to do their own their own kind of communities whether they're uh like the kind of community that I'm a part of or an intentional community or homesteading. Uh, a lot of Canadians are doing this now. A lot of Americans are doing this now. They're starting to realize that, hey, stuff's not what I thought, I thought it was. And they're starting to find ways of doing their own thing. And they're, they're coming up with the same problems we've, we're having here. So uh, we've started talking. So I'm, I'm in many conversations with a lot of people. Like I stopped giving energy to those conversations where it's like, prove this point, prove that point. I'm done with that. I don't, I'm not like I'll have those conversations for fun, but I'm not going to sit there and invest my energy on that. What I am investing my energy on is somebody telling me about a way that they found to clean their water. Oh, how'd you do that? Oh, well, we did this. Oh, that's cool. And we start having those conversations. So I think that's going to that's going to start growing. And um, I, I'm very optimistic for the future. But I think in the next two years is going to be tough. I think uh, by 2030, uh, by 2027, 
I think a lot of communities are going to start blowing up in a good way, <laughs> not in a bad way. I should have used better words. Uh, and then by 2030 and 2040, between the, the, that decade, I really strongly believe that there's going to be two worlds out there. There's going to be the people that live in, um, well, the way that society is going. Uh, and I'm not a, a fan of that at all. And then there's going to be this side of it where people are going to start to detach from things that they don't like, like this, my cell phone. Uh, this is a great thing and a horrible thing. I view this as a gun. I can feed my family with a gun. I can protect my family with a gun or I can go killing people. Uh, and I've, I feel that in a lot of ways, I mean, it could be any piece of technology. I see the future going that way where uh, people either abandon technology, which I don't think a lot of people are going to do. But I think a lot of people like myself that have parallel societies and other communities are just going to find ways of using technology differently. And you're already, already seeing that with the banking system. Uh, you're already seeing that with uh, social media, uh, how that direction is taking. So I hope I answered your question, but maybe it sounds like I went a little bit too wide and too big, but I believe that communities fit within communities. So there's big communities and smaller communities within a big community. And the big community is a global community. And then the little ones all fit within it. And the alternative community is one little side of that big bubble. And within it, there's little communities. Yeah. So I think I answered your question. I might have rambled a little too much. No, yes, yes, totally. And I, and like the way you explain it, it gives me absolutely like this vision of the future, which is really uncertain for me, like in the global aspect, but also in the personal aspect, because I'm yes. in all of this type of like what to study or even to study at all, or just go right there and practice and live things. And yeah, it, it, it gives me a lot of like, uh, a clear perspective on what might be. So yes, thank you so much. And okay, how do you I, see the future? Sorry, I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. How, how do you how do you see the future? And what did you hear me say that gave you a hope or uh, you know a, a better view of the future? Well, for me, I think something that totally changed in the pandemic is like my ability maybe of of creating like expectations or plans for me right now and i and i notice it it's really clear that it's so hard for me to 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 try and think about the future and make like a concrete plan for even three years or five years because it's it i just think anything could happen anything could happen and that was just the wake-up yep. call of the pandemic of nothing is certain and that's exactly what you said and it was a lesson that i believe everyone um learned the hard way um so for me it's um uh, really difficult to think but i i agree with with what you say of this um creating like like i believe it of a way of regret like regression maybe of like going back to our roots or to our way of doing things that's like more in contact with nature so m most of the answers and most of what i've learned with like permaculture and uh this type of like sustainable farming and everything is that the best solution ever and the like the best way of doing things is just imitating what's the nature like what's in nature yep. 
So like that's that's just perfect. So if you can just replicate it as best of you as you can, it will it will be great. So I think we'll kind of slowly like move forward, but like getting this like knowledge of of nature back to us. Like I I, I hope that happens. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I I'm not sure how how it would happen, but I hope it does. Because right now we're so disconnected of like exactly what you said, even the example of food, like we're so just, we don't even think about where it comes from. We don't even yep. question how it's, uh, how it's grown or, or how it was um, created. We just go and buy it. And when it, like, we are not able to do that, like everyone will just start all of a sudden, um, like being scared of it and yeah questioning it and trying to find solutions. But I, I believe the solutions are like in nature. I don't know, maybe. No, that makes complete sense. I, I fully agree. I mean, biomimicry is mm -hmm. uh, how we discovered uh, how to use uh, the, the, the fin on a submarine and how to make it go down. They mimic a shark or, or an airplane. They're using the, the, the shape of, uh, of eagle wings. Uh, you know, so, so I, I fully agree that even in that example, I know the example you're giving is like getting closer to nature. But I do believe that the answer usually is uh, usually the right in front of us, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's it's in plain sight. Yeah, so I, I agree. And I agree. we used to do that, like uh, ancient yes. communities used to do that. And and the the agricultural knowledge is really most of it, it. It comes from like indigenous cultures or or ancient cultures that that that's the way they lived. But we had just thrown all of it away for like capitalism and, and, and profit and this like accelerated way of, of living. And I'm sorry, my dog is no acting up. No, do your thing, um, don't worry. Like, I don't know, that's the way I, I see it. Like going forward, because using the, the resources, like what you say of technology, I believe that like the most, like the biggest advantage it gives us is like the sharing knowledge between all of us. And we can yep. learn about a community in India that created this water system. And then like, you don't make the same mistakes that other people are making in other parts of the world. So I think that's the, some of the biggest advantage, like the communication. So maybe using the resources we have now, but mm -hmm. going back to the way we used to do things in Do you mind if I challenge you a little bit? Because I do like how you ended that. But do you mind if I challenge you just a, a little bit? Go ahead. Okay, so um, I like how you ended that because I think that's closer to where I'm, I'm going and how I'm, I'm headed. Um, maybe, do you? would you agree, and this is more of a question, like a philosophical question to go back and forth on, would you say that uh, it's te technology that's at fault or the perspective of how we use it or be built it? So, for example, we gave the example of something like you just gave the example that the technology can help us share a lot of information, right? Uh, and it can help us uh, educate people quicker, faster, and you can learn how to do whatever you want. You can learn how to play an instrument. You can learn how to, you know, build a house the way that they do in India, as you gave example about farming techniques or this and that. Actually, I was watching something today about how in India they were using uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi as a pesticide to, uh, to spray their crops. And it was cheaper and better than using uh, and more healthy than using like actual uh so that that's an example when i'm so if we took modern sciences or whatever we want to call them and they are developed in uh this false definition of capitalism because what we live today is not capitalism capitalism died a long time ago 
Um, but it did, that process did give us some stuff that we do use. Like for example, you and I are having a conversation, uh, halfway across the country based on the idea and concepts of technology and capitalism or, you know, whatever this is, this crony monopoly capitalism. That's if you want to give it a more proper, accurate term, it would be more monopoly capitalism, which is not actually capitalism. But anyways, um, the, the point I'm making is, the question I'm asking is, do you feel that it would, it, it's possible for us to melt our natural ways, like we just discussed, whether it's permaculture or, or building an airplane and using a, a, a natural creature like a bird to, to learn how to design the, the wing? Could we also use our technology or build our technology or rethink our technology to actually help fields grow better or to help houses get built quicker and more sustainable uh, and encourage people to educate themselves in different ways? Or do you think it's something that we should scrap? By the way, I, I flip-flop on this on my own. So I just want to see your your uh, your perspective on it. Mm, I'm not sure. Like, I think I think it's kind of contra contradictory. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, it like if you want to do one thing, you cannot like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism so like you you get to a point where there's no way you can build a phone with like a sustainable environment there's no way you'll always uh end up like affecting the environment or something but i think it is like it would be very very much difficult to reach to a point of like not using the technology we have right now so maybe in the meantime like in the time that we're building this kind of parallel world or 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 stuff um use the tools in favor like i think there you can have an advantage you can you can use them for helping mm-hmm. mostly i would say i would draw the line mostly on um like trying to cleaning up the messed up things that we already damaged so for example Agreed. cleaning up the ocean of plastic that isn't like an environment problem but it's yep. not naturally generated why is there plastic True. in the in the in the sea in the first place so mm-hmm. of course you cannot clean plastic of the sea with like a uh, natural agriculture biomimical uh yeah. systems because they're like there's no way or there's a, an oil spill or, or there's the stuff that are uh incredibly harmful for the environment and that have to be like um fixed mm-hmm. uh i think we can use the technology for that okay i like that that's a good answer Okay, cool. I just wanted to see your perspective on it. Interesting. Okay. And well, maybe this for for the last answer and to close. Sure. Um, I would like to know uh, what advice would you give to young people like myself or even younger generations uh, who are interested in community living or maybe who are just questioning of the systems? Uh, like what is something you as someone who's experienced it and has been in this world for a few more years than any of 
of us or of people my age or the people that go to my school. Um, what is what is an advice you could give us? Good question. Uh, well, I have a 13-year-old daughter, so I'll give the same advice I, I gave her. And um, it's changed a little bit in the last year since I've been here, uh, but it, not, the, not the principles. Um, well, first of all, if you're interested in different ways of living or different ways of thinking or different ways of eating or any of those things, they're all part of the answer because, uh, you know, being part of community affects a lot of different aspects of life, right? So um, all the things I just mentioned, like from food to the living to all that stuff, well, first of all, uh, it requires you going out to see it for yourself. Don't take anyone else's, uh, you know, words or advice at face value. Go see it for yourself. So go look at some of these, these communities. Go look at how different people live and see is that something that you want. Uh, when you're asking questions to the people that live there or a person that lives that way or eats that way or whatever it is, right? Um, don't just ask them the easy questions that they're going to love to answer. Like, how did this way of living benefit your life? And they're going to give you a whole long list. So like I had a conversation, um, I don't want to get uh, controversial again, but on the weekend about, um, about uh, veganism versus vegetarianism versus being an omnivore versus being a car carnivore, right? So I, I, there's this extreme spectrum. You have carnivore on one side, you have vegan on the other. They're extreme. And then you have omnivore and vegan that are kind of closer to the middle. Uh, sorry, vegetarians, and they're closer to the middle. So having that conversation with this individual, I, I, I could tell that no, ma no matter what I said or no matter what he said, it wasn't always going to land. Like we weren't going to hear each other. So my follow-up question is, have you tried this? Have you spoken to someone that's of this, you know, way of living and they say of course i have yeah yeah i said did you ask a lot of questions did you ask a few questions did you ask easy questions or did you ask hard questions because sometimes asking those hard questions will reveal the reality because some people want to sell you on an idea or a concept it's very human it's very human it doesn't matter what subject you brought up feminism earlier and you could see it there you can have a room full of feminists but they can all argue about how to approach it or what it really means but the 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 way you get through all the noise is to ask the difficult questions. And that usually means, what's your solution that's long-term? Usually that question will cho will get catch people because you know people will tell you, oh, you should totally try this way of living. It's the best. But they don't give you the, the, the bad parts, right? So that's number one. Uh, so that would be experience. Go experience and ask a lot of questions and ask difficult questions. Do you know what I'm saying? Like ask the uncomfortable questions. Sometimes I ask myself, what would my dad ask me if he didn't agree with me? He'd ask me these hard questions like, why do you want to start this business? And he's going to attack me on it. So I, I always put myself in that position and go, okay, I should do the same for other, to other people, right? Uh, and then the final thing is, and it's the one thing that's helped me in life the most, well, two things, is uh, one is um, you're going to hear a lot of different things in life, <laughs> a lot of different ways of living, and you're going to have completely different views today. And then 10 years from now, they're going to be completely different. You're going to be like, good God, how did I believe that 10 years ago? Or, you know, your, your opinions are going to change. It happens to me all the time. It still happens. And if it doesn't happen, you're dead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the point is what got me through it all was a little bit of a, a trust in my own instinct. And what I did was if I wanted to get super fit or if I wanted to get super rich, if I wanted to have money, right? Forget about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But let's say you want money. Are you going to ask a homeless guy on how to make a lot of money? Are you going to ask someone that's completely unfit and overweight how to be fit? No. So 
if you're at a community and it's it's not what you want, you're, they're not going to give you the advice that you want. Look for the types of people you want to be like. Look for the types of ways you want to live like and how you want to grow. And then ask those people that have done those things, how do they do it? Because usually they've been they're on the path that you want to they've 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 gone through the path where you're about to pick which path to go on. Well, how do you know which path to take? You ask the person that's where you want to be, how they got there, and just start walking. So that's a key piece of advice. If you want to make a million dollars, don't ask a homeless guy how to do it. It's as simple as that. Like I know that's a bad example meaning because we just finished talking about capitalism and all that. But like, if you want to have abundance or whatever, ask the person that has abundance. Don't ask the person that's lacking. If you're going to talk to the person that's lacking, don't ask them how to get abundance. Ask them what they do to have lack. They'll give you an answer. Like You'll find out within a few minutes why someone has no friends. You just have a conversation with them for 10, 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why you have no friends. Got it. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know what I'm saying? That person doesn't know why. So that would be my advice. If you want to find a community, different ways of living, alternative or this and that, on any of the subjects we discussed, look for the people that have what you want. And then you better make sure you ask them a lot of questions because maybe that's not what you're going to want in 10 years. But I would definitely do that. And then for me, the last piece of advice, and I made a YouTube video about it back in the old days before influencers was a thing or anybody was YouTubing, I'm telling you like 12, 13 years ago. Um, And it was uh, a little saying that I came up for myself about, 15 or 20 years ago when I started going down the path of like weird information, let's just call it that weird information, alternative information of all sorts to keep me grounded. Cause I knew I could get lost in like rabbit holes looking into ancient civilizations or aliens or conspiracy or whatever subject you want to bring. You're going to get lost spirituality in particular. That's how I started. My path was on uh, trying to understand consciousness. So I came up with a saying and it goes like this. It's my little axiom. The right answer to the wrong question remains a wrong answer. So spend more time with the question. So I can repeat that for you. The right answer to the wrong question remains a wrong answer. So spend more time with the question. Basically, ask good questions. You'll get good answers. And there is such thing as dumb questions. I hate that when I hear there's no such thing as a dumb question. Yes, there is. There most certainly is dumb questions. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's it's a great it's a great quote. It's a great phrase, and it's it's great to like remind yourself of that. It, thank you so much for sharing. No problem. Thanks for the interview. No, thank you, thank you so much. And and what you say for now is like uh, of this asking questions and everything. I just feel so glad I got to have this interview with you because it's like okay. yay yay. I I, I like I I. I'm doing sort of that. I'm getting a little bit informed, and and although it's for a school project, it 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 it's really relevant for me uh, personally. And 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 yeah, thank you for your time. I'm sorry that it took a lot more than what I said it would. Oh no! But you, no, no, no. <laughs> but it it was so interesting, and I hope I hope um, it was great for you too. Absolutely. No, it was fantastic. I, 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 I loved it. It was great. Don't worry about the time. I actually uh, was happy that we did it because uh, my other plans got canceled. So this is good. A good conversation is always good. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I think uh, that's, that's all for me. I don't know if you want to add something else or, or that's it. No, it's okay. I just wanted to say thanks. And you did a way better job than I think you think you did. You, great. You should, you should podcast. You should interview people. You're really good at it. 
thank and you. I mean that. I mean that. I mean that. It's it's true. Thank you so much, and I will definitely listen to to your podcast and and go check out more of of your content because I didn't really have the time from more from in the morning, but I I will totally follow you and 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 check out your content. So thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah. So bye.